Hi, my name is Mark, as A.A. Ron had said. Um, so, so glad to be here today. I'm just going to be really honest with you real quick, though. Um, I had to work last night till about 3 in the morning. Um, so, yes, pat me on the back, um, just to make me awake. So, if I say something really stupid, that's, we all know that's going to happen, but just kind of have some grace with that. So, hey, we are continuing our series um, on Did God Say That? Right? So there's so many things that in our lives that we kind of take as truths because they kind of keep getting said over and over and over and over again. And after a while, we start buying into those. So, you know, it's um, sometimes it, when, when they're said, they have some of these kind of half-truths in it, right? That's why they kind of really kind of go along. Like last week, we looked at um, God won't give you more than you can handle. And, and man... Honestly, that was a powerful thing for me even when, when we looked at that where, you know, so many times we want kind of out of those situations, but really God wants to be in there with us. And so this week we're, we're continuing the series and we're kind of looking at um, <clears throat> God helps those who help themselves. Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's pray real quick. So Jesus, thank you. Uh, thank you for who you are. God, that you, um, you are there for us. And Lord, I just pray for this morning, uh, God, that you just uh, meet us here. And Lord, um, like uh, during worship, um, God, that when there's those things that we're holding on to, Lord, I just pray that, that you break through with those. So Lord, we just ask that you be here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So God helps those who help themselves. You know, when I hear that, I kind of feel inspired. Right? I mean, really, we think about it, right? God helps those who help themselves. We love the idea of the rags to riches, the underdog mentality, right? All the m- great movies, Rocky, right? The Notebook. <laughs> I mean, come on. He was the poor guy. And then, uh, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting, right? It's not your fault. Not your fault. Right? I tried that once at my work. I work at the jail, and he's like, "No, actually, I did that." I'm like, "Okay, it is your fault." Um, so that was the bad way to do therapy. Um, but you know, great movies, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Finding Nemo. You know, those great movies out there about the rags to riches. But I think you know when we look at it, we, we're inspired by it because we think, "Okay, if I'm that underdog, and if I work hard enough, then I will get it." And then I think so many times I apply that to the way I view God, that if I work hard enough. God will help me if I do things, right? God will help those who help themselves. In fact, the reality is this is not even found in the Bible. It's, it's not. That actual saying was actually from uh, poor Richard's Almanac, and uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote it back in like 1793 or something like that. So it, it's been, actually it was even around before that. Um, Aesop's fable was the one who actually derived this term, right? It was called Hercules in the Wagon. And the whole story was that this guy in the wagon got stuck in the mud, and he cries out to the gods, and the gods look at him and say, put your shoulder to it and lift it up yourself. And he's like, oh. And then he all of a sudden gets out of the mud, and then the story goes, the gods will help those who help themselves. So, but we look at this, and, and so many times, I think, in our Christian lives, we use this kind of as that barrier. God will help you if you help yourself, if you work on it yourself. But really, if we think about this, it, it goes back to the idea that, that 
it's almost impossible for us to do that from a spiritual sense, right? But we hear it all the time. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right? Have you ever tried that? It's like physically impossible. It is the same thing as trying to lick your elbow. Yeah, I know somebody's going to try that, right? You can't do it. Now, if you can, that's just really weird. But it's, a, it's physically impossible to pull yourself up out of these things. And I think in our lives, you know, when, when Aaron was talking this morning during worship, I, so many times I feel that, right? There's those things where, you know what, I'm not going to bring this to God because i got to do this on my own. God might not hear me through this. I've been asking God for a long time, and, and I haven't seen anything. Maybe i got to try harder at so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And, so and, so and, so. and we get stuck in this. When in, in, in actuality, God wants to be there. God wants to help. God says you, you are not going to be able to do this on your own. There is no way you're going to be able to do this on your own. And I find myself going to one or two ways with this when I hear this, right? Either um, when I hear God, God helps those who help themselves, it's either I am going to do it all on my own or I'm not going to do anything until somebody does it for me, right? I mean, you think about it, right? We have to have some action in our faith. But our faith is not dependent on us having that action. Right? So <clears throat> ever since I was a little kid, um, we'd always pray before our meals, right? And you guys ever do that? It's awesome, wonderful. I always struggle with it. Um, but ever since I was a little kid, I always pray the same thing, right? Jesus, thank you for his food. Bless you my body. Jesus' name, amen, right? I would say it like a thousand times, right? And if I really step back and look at that, if I was praying that for, for God to give me this food and I don't do anything to work or to acquire the food or, or all this other stuff and I just wait there for God to deliver this food, manna from the sky, right? I would be really, really hungry and it just wouldn't happen, right? But so many times I go into this mode where I kind of go into the, my, my brain shuts off and I do the same pattern over and over and over again. The other aspect is where I look at things in my life and if things are struggling and I've been asking God, hey God, I need you through this, and I feel like he's not there. And then that little saying in the back of my head, God helps those who help themselves. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this on my own. And then all of a sudden, I'm missing out on truly connecting with God. One of my favorite stories um, in the Bible, because that's what we're reading out of today. Um, yeah, it's tired. Uh, is, uh, is actually found in Matthew 14, uh, verse 22 through 33. You can open your Bibles if you have it there. Make sure there's no lice in there, please. Um, that's an inside joke, Corporal. Uh, <coughs> so in Matthew 14, so in this, in this chapter, it's pretty fascinating because right before this, this thing is where Jesus walks on water, right? Right before this, Jesus had fed 5,000 people with the disciples, right? Huge miracle. They're like, how are we going to feed these people? And Jesus is like, well, give me your little leftovers. And they'll now hand it out. And they're like, oh, now i got to work. And then they go around, and they have all this food, and it's an amazing thing that happens, right? And then, so then Jesus actually tells them to do things, right? So we look at, <coughs> starting in verse 22, it says, immediately. Now, in the Bible, when, when it starts with a couple of things in the Bible, right? If Jesus says, I tell you the truth, he says that a lot, especially in John. 
that's something to pay attention to. And then also this idea of immediate, right? It's, it's instant, right? It means that there needs to be action in this. So it says this in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead on the other side when, while he dismissed the crowd. If you think about this, right, have anybody ever worked service industry? It's a hard job, right? All of a sudden they had just worked like the double shift and then Jesus is like, you guys go. I got, I'll do all the cleanup. And they're like, oh, thank you, Lord. Literally, Lord. And <clears throat> um, so he, he, just, he sends his disciples out, and he kind of finishes up this task here. It says, after he dismissed them, he went up to the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against him. Right? We read that, and really what's happening, it's a storm. There is something going on. They cannot get to shore. If you think about it, they fed them at dinner time, you know, and then all of a sudden now it's nighttime. They've been out on this boat for a long time fighting these waves. These guys are professional sailormen. They knew what they were doing, and they're fighting these waves, and Jesus was up praying. So in verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. These guys have been working all night, trying to get to shore, battling the storm. All of a sudden, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it says at night, and then now close to dawn, right? So, I mean, these guys are tired. They just had a double shift, and all of a sudden, they're, they're struggling with this, and they see... Jesus walked to him. Now, they just saw a huge miracle. They were just part of it. They got to experience it. But that they see this guy walking, and they're like, oh, this is bad, right? <laughs> this is something from, like, the poltergeist, right? I'm, I ain't going to do this. And I love how Jesus responds. He says, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I think they were terrified of several things, right? When we get stuck in, in, in things in life, right, those, those trials of life, the storms of life, have you ever done this where everything looks bad? Like everything looks bad, right? It's like I can't find my car keys. Now I'm not going to have a job, and now I'm going to go homeless, and my kids are going to, you know, sell chiclets and to make money, and this is the way we're going to be, right? Well, when I get stuck in these bad things, right, everything looks bad. And so Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid. And this is where I love, right? He just tells them, don't be afraid. I mean, they have a fear of a storm, and they see this guy walking on the water. I did that once, and then I slipped on the ice. Yeah. Sad, right? Sad. In um, that, that, we're going to end in prayer. Uh, so this is where I love, because Peter. Peter is like my man. Because he is who I am, right? I want to be bold like him, but nine times out of ten, I'm an idiot like him, right? Because there's so many things. He steps, he, he, he says this, he says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. That right there is amazing, right? I love vacations on cruise ships. 
It's like my favorite thing. Why? Because it's unlimited buffet, and I don't have to do anything, right? And watching the sunset over the water, sometimes it's a little choppy waves. They never really drive in the storms, but there is no way that even if anything happened, somebody say, I'm going to jump out on the water, right? Now, here's Peter saying, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, call me out. To me, that right there, I think that is one of the starting points of our lives. God wants to be in your life. He's already showed up. So many times, this is where our action actually has to happen. He says, hey, if if this is real, call me out on it. There's a storm going on. Everything's going on around me. People in the boat are screaming and crying because they think there's a ghost. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, if it really is you, call me out on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. Could you imagine that first step? Ooh. Ooh, I'm not sinking. Okay. It's like, uh, was that uh, Indiana Jones? Remember that? Yeah, Last Crusade. <laughs> right? I would, no. Nope. I can do it. Right? And so all of a sudden, Peter gets out, and he actually gets to walk on the water. I mean, in this moment, he is having this amazing moment. And then, this is where life hits. So, says Peter gets on the boat, he walks on water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And this is where I feel like I'm in my life. There's those moments where I remember vividly, really saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. My life is going nowhere. I feel broken. I need you. And it was this wow moment. You haven't experienced it? Talk to me. Talk to Aaron. It's awesome. It was this wow moment. But then I think so many times in my life, I, I take that step, and it's like, this is amazing. And then life hits me, right? These little things, big things, everything's going around. And all of a sudden, I lose focus of what I'm, I'm actually going towards. Because the storm and the wind and the waves and life is just going around, and then I start to sink. And so many times, this is where I fall short. A lot of times I cry out to God, but I'm so far into my own thing that I try to do it on my, my own, right? I'll try to swim back to the boat. I'll try to move myself. I'll try to get myself to safety because, honestly, sometimes I don't know if God's really going to be there. And all of a sudden, Peter's here, and he's like, starts sinking. Cries out, Lord, save me. And I love how Jesus does this, right? Jesus says, immediately, right there, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He didn't wait. He didn't say, well, this is a learning opportunity for you. (laughs) Let's get you a little bit wetter and uh, see what happens. Okay? All right. Yeah. Immediately he reaches out. And he asks him a question. So many times growing up when I I read this, uh, I always thought this was kind of like, oh, Peter, bad on you. Shame on you. But I feel this is out of love. Right? He looks at him immediately, pulls him up, and he says, you have a little faith. Why do you doubt? That was not a diss on Peter. It was more of a question. He's like, 
Peter, I'm right here. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to try to face this on your own. You don't have to try to swim through the storm. I'm right here. Why, why can't you just see that? I don't think Jesus is like, oh, why do you doubt? Mm, shame on you. Now you're going to have to swim back to the boat. No, here's the beauty of this story, right? They got to walk on the water together. Peter didn't end his walking on the water when he went out and sank. Jesus pulled him back up. Got to walk on the water back to the boat. It says, when, when, he, when they climbed back in the boat, the winds died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This story, for me, just so much represents the way I, I perceive a lot of these things in my spiritual life, right? Where I wait on God, but then really a lot of times I feel like, you know what, I don't know if God's really going to show up. There's so many things going on in my life, so many hard things, big things, small things, all that. i got to start swimming. So when my daughter, Tessa, right there, she was a little girl. She's still a little girl. Um, <clears throat> she is like a fish in the water. And one of my greatest horrors in my life is trying to teach her to swim. All right? Anybody ever try to teach a kid to swim? Don't. <laughs> Pay the money, people. <laughs> Have somebody else do it. So we go to the pool, and... She'd get in the water, and, and if you know Tessa, both my daughters, uh, Tessa and Millie, they are, um, how do we say it, spunky? And so my, when Tessa was little, we would go in the water, and she's like, Dad, I want to swim. Teach me to swim. I'm like, okay, sweetie. What we're going to do is I want you to reach your hand out. Cup, cup your hand, and you're going to reach out. She'd say, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. And then she would jump in the water and then sink. <laughs> so I jump in, pull her up. I'm like, okay, sweetie, listen to me. You have to listen to me. Reach out. You want to try to keep your body safe? Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Jump in. Sink. Right? And the entire time she would sink, she would have those eyes. Like, you better do something. Right? And I'm like, I am trying, child. Like, I am telling you how to swim. Just listen to me for the love of God. Right? Why are you doubting my teachings? And so all of a sudden, I pull her back up. And she'd be coughing. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, do I need to do CPR, all this stuff, right? And she's like, okay, I'm like, we're going to go to the kitty side. No, Dad, I will listen this time. And as a father who's an idiot, <laughs> I'd believe her. <laughs> and I would hold that stomach thing. Okay, now we're going to try to swim for just a minute. Okay, and she's like, swims for a second, right? She's like, yeah, I got this, Dad. No, you don't, sweetie. I got this, Dad. No, you don't. And then she pushes away, down to the bottom again. And I'm like, how does a child sink that fast? It is amazing. Like, did we feed her bricks? I don't know. So then I have to pull her back up. And so many times, that is my life, is I want to be so self-sufficient. I want to do it on my own. Jesus is there, hey, I want to teach you this. I want, I want you to learn. I want you to be able to thrive in this. And so many times, I feel like, okay, God, you're right there. You're right there. I got this on my own. I'm going to sink. God, pull me out of this. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. I'm going to sink again. Right? And <clears throat> this is one of those things I think that we have to take a look where where is our self-sufficiency and where is our sufficiency on who Jesus is? And it's hard 
it's hard because, I mean, let's be honest, so many times in my life there's those things where I'm like, God, you got to get me out of this situation. And all of a sudden, I'm not in it. I mean, I'm still in it, right? God didn't get me out of it. And the more I experience that, the more I get tainted by all the stuff that's going around my life. I get dragged down versus focusing in on who Jesus is. See, Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 9, one of the hardest verses for, for us to really understand. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 through 24 says, Then he said to them, all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up his cross daily. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. I say that is the hardest verse because most of my life, I am trying to save it. I'm trying to save my relationships. I'm trying to save my occupation. I'm trying to save everything. And when I try to save it on my own, I just sink. I crash and I burn. And the reason this is such a tough verse is because so much in our lives, I want to save it. I don't want to lose everything I've put into. And she's like, hey, no, here's the reality. If you lose your life for me, that's the key. You'll save it. So we have to start focusing in on Jesus. And this, is, I think, is, is the hardest thing, because if we put brass tacks here, like, do we really focus in on Jesus? Do I really focus in on Jesus? No, I don't. I'm so much more focusing in on saving where I'm at. Do I trust God in the struggles of life, if everything falls through, sickness, disease, loss of job, that God is right there? Nine times out of ten, I feel like I have to work. I have to push in. I have to be self-sufficient. I have to be goodwill hunting. And do you like them apples? Um, and I have to move forward. Versus saying, God, that you are in control. You actually know what's going on. So even when that story with, with Jesus walks in water, when they walk back, the storm's still going. Storm's still going. Life's still going. And all of a sudden, he gets back to the boat, and then he can calm the storm. But we, Peter had to walk with Jesus through that waves and the storm and everything, right? And the beauty of that story is, no matter how many times we might crash and burn, God is there to pull us back up and say, hey, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to swim. In fact, I'm not even going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to walk on water. Next part of my notes. Um, <clears throat> we want to be in control. You know, last week uh, uh, Aaron talked about Jesus being tempted in the desert, right? Uh, one of the fascinating things, when Jesus was tempted uh, by Satan and, you know, he, Satan puts him on the mountain, he's like, look at all the kingdoms of the world. You can have them. All you have to do is worship me. Right there, that temptation was that Jesus didn't have to die. He could have controlled everything. He could have done part of his purpose without the suffering. But see, Jesus also knew, he's like, no, you know, here's the reality. I'm not going to be self-sufficient. God has a greater purpose to this versus just the now. He's got a greater purpose for this future. So how do we do this, right? I was thinking about this. How do I 
keep my eyes on Jesus. Because it's easy to say. It really is. I mean, I can say it all day long, but when life really hits me and, and things are going and I get like a flat tire, the last thing I'm thinking of is Jesus. <laughs> Blessed name of Jesus. No, there's a lot of other words, but it's usually not that. Um, but how do I do this? Because I can say all day long, I just need to keep my eyes on Jesus. But for me, here's the struggle is, is when life hits, I, I lose focus. I am more concerned about the stuff around me than to say, hey, this is my, my lifeboat. This is my Savior. So I was, I was thinking about this, and <clears throat> so many things that in, in my line of work, I'm, I'm a counselor, um, which is weird. But uh, I was thinking about this because how do we focus in on those things versus the, the, the life crashing around us, right? And there's a thing in counseling called mindfulness, right? It's being present in our moment. And so many times in my life, I feel like I'm not present in my moment, right? So uh, have you, has anybody ever, like, driven someplace, like, work when you're not supposed to be there? Yeah, I do that all the time, right? Every Saturday, I end up at the jail, and I'm like, crud, this again, right? Now, what's the interesting thing about this, right, is when you do that, if you drive somewhere, and all of a sudden you're like, how did, why did I turn here? Why, why am I in this place here? It's amazing because you do everything safe. Right, you're paying attention to traffic, but what happens is your brain kind of shuts off and it goes on this normal routine, right? And I feel like in my life, that's what happens most of the time, is I will get stuck on my normal routine. My normal routine is to save myself. I'm going to be self-sufficient. I'm going to do this because this is what I know to do. And this is something where I try, and listen, guys, I fail this constantly, but being mindful allows us honestly to connect also to God. So I want you to do something with me real quick, okay? Everybody try to lick your elbow. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, fold your arms. Cross your arms like you're angry. You guys look so daunting. Okay. Now cross them the other way. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like it. No. Like, I can't even do it. Yeah. Why is that? There's no biological reason that that one way is better than the other. If you think about it. We're just, we've, we've practiced that in a constant way. We're, we're used to it. We don't think about it. When I say cross your arms, you're going to do it the same way every time. I think in my life, there's so many things in my life that I have been trying to be so self-sufficient in so many times that I do it without even thinking. Peter, the boy swam a lot, Right? I mean, in the Bible, he jumps out of a boat a lot, actually, uh, more than any other person in the Bible, uh, Jonah, on the other hand. But um, so, you know, like when Jesus comes back and, and, you know, he like tells the guys, hey, cast on their side. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, wait, that's Jesus. You raised from the dead. What does Peter do? He jumps out of the boat, right? That boy loves jumping out of a boat, but he knows how to swim. And so all of a sudden he, he gets into this thing. The storms are racing around him and he's like, I'm going to do what I know to do best. And he takes his eyes off Jesus. And this is where mindfulness comes in. This is, and I try to do this, and I just, listen, this is a, a constant thing, but I want to I be better at this, focusing on Jesus. So when I do these things in my life that I find that I just do repetitive, that I don't think about, I try to stop in those moments and switch it up. And what I try to do, like I said, I fail this quite often, but I try to do is use that moment to connect with Jesus. 
Sounds lame, but most of the time, right, when do I pray? Oh, it's, it's, I do this, like, formal thing, like, Lord, I'm going to give my time at this moment. No, see, Jesus says, I want to connect with you at all times. So, like, in the mornings, when I brush my teeth, sounds really stupid, but think about it. You brush your teeth the same way every single day. Yeah, some of you might need to do a little more than that. Two minutes, people. Um, brush your teeth, right? I start at the same side, and I go to the other side, or when I shave, right? which I try to go my beard so I don't have to do much, but I always start on the same side. I start here, and then I go down here, and I do this because it's such a repetitive thing. And so what I actually try to do is I try to switch it up. Because when I switch it up, it opens my mind to say, this is not the normal routine. And when my mind opens, all of a sudden I can focus in on these other things. Right? So sometimes I'll brush my teeth with my other hand, which is really weird, right? And all of a sudden I'm like, your brain does this thing where it doesn't get stuck in this repetitive thing, but it says, oh, wait, something's different here. And this is honestly something where I try to do, okay, God, how you doing? How am I doing? I don't want to get stuck in this normal routine of just doing the same thing every day because realistically, that's my self-sufficiency. So try it. When you brush your teeth, when you put your pants on, when you try to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, ain't going to happen. But try to do it differently. And then when that happens, we focus in on Jesus. It's kind of the idea, the theory behind fasting, right? When I'm hungry, I gotta, I'm paying attention. When I'm paying attention, then all of a sudden I can be like, okay, God, I need you more in this moment. God, I'm so surrounded by the struggles in my life right now. Uh, why am I not focusing in on you? See, Jesus, he realized that we can't do this on our own. That God is not just going to help us if we help ourselves. That he is there to help us because we can't help ourselves. In, uh, in Romans 5, one of my favorite verses, puts it in the plainest terms. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, you see, just at the right time, while we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Rachel, can you come up? We're in hand early. One of the things is <clears throat> God calls us to action. Action does not mean we got to do it on our own. In fact, in, in that verse, God was the action. We had no power to change our situation. No matter how much we tried, we could not do it. And God took the ultimate action. And he said, hey, I'm going to come down. I'm going to come out of heaven. I'm going to take on everything. And I'm going to conquer it. And not in the way that we think conquering is. Not in the way that self-sufficiency would say conquering is. But it, I'm going to allow you to have access to the Holy God. We need that action in there. And our action, really, all it is is refocusing back on Jesus. So when things in life just feel overwhelming, and it does, 
and it's hard, and I sink more times than I swim. The ultimate thing, though, Jesus is right there every time. He's going to pull us out every time. And he wants us not just to swim our own, but he wants us to enjoy it, right? Now my kids, when they swim, which is always fun to go to the pool because they do, Dad, watch this. Watch this. And I'm like, as a father, I'm like, oh, why do we have to teach you to swim now? But there is a point in it where they, it's that connection, right? He doesn't teach us to swim so now that we do it on our own. No, he wants to be there with us in it because life is going to constantly have those things. And he's like, listen, it's not about you doing this on your own. You cannot do this on your own. It's about me being there with you because I love you. So this week, when we're doing weird things like brushing our teeth, putting on our pants, try it. Just allow God in those moments. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It doesn't have to be anything else. It could be just like Peter here. Cry out for help. We get our eyes off the struggles that are happening around us. We get our mind off just that routine thing because when the routine thing happens, we just deal with the struggles the same way we have always dealt with those struggles. And Jesus is like, no, I'm, I'm standing right here with you. Focus in on me. So bow your heads. Close your eyes. Jesus loves you. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I'm just kidding. It really might not be your fault with that goodwill hunting moment. The things in your life might be, be hard right now. It might be big waves, small waves, small struggles, huge struggles. Kind of like what Aaron said during worship. Sometimes it's those things we hold on to because, you know what, really, I've been dealing, carrying this myself for so long, God, I don't even know if you can deal with it. But God can. He's walking towards you. You've already stepped out of the boat. Put your eyes on Jesus. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for who you are and what you have done for us. God, that we are powerless. We might think we have self-sufficiency, but ultimately, God, we need you. So Lord, of those things in our, in our lives that seem daunting or overwhelming or even petty, but they're just there, Lord, I just pray that this week, this day, this time right now, God, that we can look towards you. And you're not going to shame us. You're not going to say that we're not working hard enough. You're just going to be there and say, it's, it's me. Trust me. So, Lord, we want to put our trust in you. And God, we know we're going we're gonna to sink multiple times. But God, uh, we just thank you. I thank you right now that you never give up on us. We don't have to do it on our own. 
So Lord, we love you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? He said that too. I was going to say rock and roll. But uh, that wouldn't be it. All right. With that, we're done. Next week, brunch. I am so excited because I love food. And I love you all too. But I love food. All right. Other than that, uh, if you have any prayer requests, put them on those cards. And God be with you. I think that's it. What? Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Calm down, people. All right. God loves you. I love you. Aaron really, really loves you. Goodbye.